Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 871, air date February 3rd, 2021. Good evening, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. It's about a quarter after five Eastern Standard Time. Um, I want to begin today by sharing with you something extremely serious, and this is beyond social media companies censoring and banning people. This is about the government, the government forcing, making social media companies ban somebody. That's what we're going to talk about. So this is far more serious than big tech. This is about the government telling big tech what to do. And more importantly, the government telling big tech what to do in such a way that they leave a memory so big tech keeps continuing to censor somebody. In this case, I'm the, uh, the case here. And this thing is historic because I've already won a, a piece of a lawsuit on this. And we're gonna escalate that. That's what we're gonna talk about today. So we have people um, logging in. We have people coming in, John, you can, those people on Instagram, um, John's my assistant here, he's helping. So we're gonna wait until people um, uh, uh, come in. As you know, I'm banned on Twitter right now, not because of Twitter, but because of government made Twitter ban me because I was exposing their violation of federal law. So we're gonna have people um, join, John, John um, anyone? So whoever's coming in, please tell us where. We have people from Florida. Uh, we have people from uh, Massachusetts, from United Kingdom. Good to have you. You can read off all those coming in, John. Yeah. So whoever's coming in, just read off your towns. Michigan, good to have you. Uh, Brad Gruno, hey Brad, how are you? Brad's a great friend of mine. Brad's a guy who started, uh, the, one of the biggest kale companies, you know, kale chip companies. Good to have you, Brad. Canada, Texas, California, Illinois, Montreal, Iowa, Brooklyn, Florida, yeah, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, California, Australia. Hawaii. Tell all your friends, if you're out there, to retweet this. this is going to be probably one of the most important broadcasts that I've done. Uh, the state of Massachusetts had Twitter ban me because I was exposing their violation of federal law. This does not get any worse than fascism. And it's uh, content-based. It's as in as uh, uh, the, the the state of Massachusetts restricting you know contest content-based speech, which is one of the most fundamental violations of the first um, a violation of the First Amendment. So let's begin. Are we ready, John? Yep. Okay. So uh, good evening, everyone. This is Dr. Shivaya Dure. Um, as many of you know, I ran for United States Senate um, in 2018 against Elizabeth Warren, and in 2020, mo more recently. Um, against uh, what was supposed to be against Ed Markey. I ran as a Republican and the Republican establishment in September of 2020 ran a complete fool against me and they backed him up uh, to ensure that I wouldn't destroy the Democrat Ed Markey. But just to let you know, in Massachusetts, as I've talked about before, we had nearly you know, 3,000 volunteers. We had 10,000 lawn signs, 20,000 bumper stickers, huge billboards all over Massachusetts. We raised close to $2 million, all bottoms up, radio, t network, radio, TV. We were everywhere. Anyone out there in Massachusetts, if you talk to most people, they say, oh yeah, I voted for Dr. Shiva. I voted for Dr. Shiva. Well, September 1st, 2020 was a Republican primary election. We knew by everyone on the ground, we we're very quiet about this, but everyone on the night of, um, you know, uh, or the eve of August uh, 31st to September 1st said, Dr. Shiva, you won this on a landslide. Everyone, even our enemies, right, John? Yeah. Said you won this on a landslide. So what ends up happening is on September 1st, 2020, I'll, I'll share with you a slide. Um, 
You can keep that there, John. I'll, I think people can uh, follow this on September first, twenty twenty. What happens? And um, we we uh, we win in the hand counted county, predominantly hand counted county called Franklin County in sort of central western Massachusetts by nearly 10 points. And in every other county, we lose 60-40, 60-40, 60-40, almost precisely to a candidate who was nowhere to be found, nowhere. No lawn signs, no bumper stickers, no uh, real organization, nothing. So that's when I woke up to the fact election fraud took place. And I went through the journey where we uh, exposed it, we filed lawsuits, we have two victories in those lawsuits. Well, anyway, I'll get to this and I'll summarize it. Yesterday, February 1st, many of you know, I run classes, right? I enjoy teaching. Uh, we teach people systems and we took the electronic voting system as an example. And we taught people, a lot of you were asking me, hey, Dr. Shiva, what's going on with your lawsuit? And I've been very busy with other things. Our lawsuits, lawsuits are moving forward fine. And I shared that. But what happened yesterday was I shared the thing that got me thrown off Twitter in September, which started the lawsuit, okay? And so let me repeat that again. Um, in September 1st, the primary takes place. We find out that we win in Franklin County, which is predominantly hand counted in every other county where there's machine counted ballots, we lose, okay? Not just lose, but by 60-40, 60-40, 60-40, 60-40. Like an algorithm was in place. So me being the mathematician, me, me being a scientist, me being someone who studied pattern analysis and system science for most of my life, I was in some ways forced to unravel this and it is a problem I wasn't willing to let go. So on September 9th, 2020, what I had figured out was in those eight days with a lot of help from other good people that the electronic voting machines in this country take a ballot image, take a ballot, paper ballot, they convert it to a picture, what's called a ballot image. That ballot image is then uh, analyzed by the computer to determine if I got a vote or you got a vote, you know, those little elliptical circles that get, get filled in. Okay. Well, um, it turns out those ballot images have to be preserved by federal law. There's a federal law, USC 20701, which clearly states that any records generated in connection with a federal election must be preserved, must be preserved by federal law for 22 months. Okay, this is a federal law that was passed in 1974 because the states were doing all sorts of wacky stuff. So went for federal elections, president, Congress, um, U.S. Senate. They dictated to the states, you better save any data that's generated in connection with the federal election. So when a voting machine takes that paper ballot, it creates a image which is generated, which did not exist before. They're supposed to preserve it. So on September, and, and by the way, let me walk. So yesterday, I walked through this process. If you want, I'll, should I walk through it again, John? Sure. Uh, I'll walk through some of the slides, but let me give you the overview. So I yesterday walked through what occurred in September. I talked about that by September 25th, I had figured out that the Secretary of State had deleted the ballot images, and I asked for them. On September 25th, 2020, the Secretary of State, uh, her name is Michelle Tassinari, who's a state election director to the Secretary of State by a guy called Bill Galvin. She writes me an email on September 25th and she states in her email, and I'll show it to you, we don't have to uh, say ballot, we don't say ballot images, Massachusetts prohibits us. And I say, please tell me the law. My email, so it's a second email in that interaction. She writes back, we say paper ballots and gives me some cockamamie story in the email, not even addressing the question, say, oh, we don't store ballot images. Very clever 
saying they don't store them when they are actually generated, which means she deleted them. Okay, very clever. She's a lawyer. And then I write back, I said, you violated federal law, this election's null and void. The two emails from her, the two emails from me, I put up on Twitter on September 25th. Bam! I was banned on Twitter for 21 days and, and, my, uh, uh, and my tweets were forced to be deleted. What happened? Well, we found out in a small news story article which had interviewed the Secretary of State that they had contacted Twitter. So everyone get this. Twitter didn't take me down in September 25th, 26th, so on. And remember, though I had lost the primary, we moved our entire campaign engine to run a write-in campaign for the federal election, which was November 3rd. So with only three weeks left in the federal election, I'm banned on Twitter, which is my important vehicle for communication. Who did this? Well, that article said the Secretary of State did. So imagine this, the Secretary of State, the government, banned a political federal candidate off of Twitter. So I filed a lawsuit, lawsuit number 11889, 11889 in federal court. I represented myself. None of these, you know, pussyfooting lawyers wanted to take on the swamp in Massachusetts, which is deeper than anything you can imagine, deeper, far deeper than Washington, D.C. So I represented myself against three lawyers. Okay, the attorney general, two Harvard trained lawyers and some, somebody else, Tassinari, who's the state election director and her lawyer. Four hour hearing. And in that hearing, it came out very, very clearly, I'll share with you in the slides, that the state secretary of state, not only does the secretary of state contacted Twitter, they admitted it in testimony, but they have a trusted Twitter partnership. Everyone, everyone think about what I'm saying. So the attorney general was arguing with me. Oh, well, you're arguing with the judge, your honor. Anyone could have contacted Twitter, your honor. We didn't do it. Well, it turned out not only was it admitted they contacted Twitter, but they have a trusted Twitter partnership. What does that mean? That means they have a hotline. Okay. They're an upper caste. You and I, you and I are untouchables. Okay. We're the lower caste. They have an upper caste relationship. They can call Twitter. Not only did the Secretary of State contact Twitter, they contacted their mothership organization called the National Association of State Election Directors who also contacted Twitter. Why? Because I was re revealing in those tweets that the Secretary of State had violated federal law. This is law that was passed by Congress that all paper, all records generated in the midst of a federal election must be preserved for 22 months, 52 USC 20701. And for that, I'm being banned, not by Twitter, but by the Secretary of State. Now, here's what's interesting. So what I just shared with you is, uh, and, and, and by the way, we took this to federal court, as I mentioned, on October 30th, the judge agreed to hear it, which was victory, a big victory. Judges don't like to hear um, lawsuits, which they think are, let's say, frivolous. So the fact that the judge agreed to hear it means he acknowledged it wasn't frivolous. In that lawsuit, there were two parts. The lawsuit I'm suing for $1.2 billion for violation of the First Amendment, RICO, free speech, et cetera. But more importantly, there was a restraining order. Because remember, I'm in the middle of a federal election on October 30th. I told the judge that I wanted him to order the Secretary of State to stop contacting Twitter. Okay? Guess what? The judge gives me that victory. He orders the Secretary of State, stop contacting Twitter. He also orders 
the National Association of State Election Directors to stop contacting Twitter. And third, he also said that if you have a problem with Dr. Shiva, why don't you ex exercise your First Amendment? Just argue with him on, on Twitter, okay? Huge victory. Well, anyway, yesterday I merely shared what occurred during September 25th, October 30th in a, I'm a you know teacher, a professor, right? I like to teach in an educational style format. And I have been tweeting since that time, since um, uh, around November 3rd, when I was put back on Twitter, until uh, February 1st, about all sorts of issues. Election fraud, what else, John? Ballot images, uh, forced vaccinations. Twitter never took me off. But right when I mentioned Tassinari, the keyword Tassinari, bam, in that video, I was taken off. What does that tell you? Well, just think about it. That means the only logical conclusion, we know that they, they look for keywords. They've associated the word Tassinari, the keyword, with my account. And we've looked at every one of my tweets, close to 20,000 tweets, right, John? We've gone through every word in those tweets. I have a big database of them. And the only two times I was banned on Twitter was on September 25th, 26, when I mentioned Tassinari, and February 1st, when I mentioned Tassinari. So what the government has done is when they have their trusted partnership, they had Twitter in their algorithm, make sure the word Tassinari, when that keyword was there, that bam, I'm gonna be taken off. That's what's going on. This is the state. The state is telling Twitter what to do because in many ways I'm an enemy of the state because I am exposing the fact that the state violated laws, the laws that you and I had our representatives and the president of the United States pass in Congress called 52 USC 20701, which says all data, all records generated in connection with the federal election must be preserved for 22 months. Why is this important? Well, the ballot images are the ballots for in electronic voting machines. And if they'd given them to me, I could easily see a, if I won or lost, if I lost, great, I'm willing to take it. But I know I won because there's no way a fool who is not campaigning and we had 3,000 volunteers, 10,000 lawn signs could ever have beat me 60-40. And what I'm talking about is a real crime scene of election fraud. Trump, Giuliani, these guys were not focused on the real issue. They've been making $300 million, I'm sorry to say, fighting a fake election fraud. You know, like the Democrats talk about voter suppression, they're talking about mail-in ballots, and they took in a haul or 300 million. The New York Times will not cover this case. I've gotten two victories in federal court so far because this is a real crime scene of election fraud. The ballot image destruction and the fact that there's computer algorithms which are in there. And just to, uh, I should probably cover what I went over yesterday, John. So just to summarize, I'm not gonna summarize all the background. Just to summarize, John, you may wanna bring that over here, okay, very carefully. Uh, you can bring that over. Um, bring that over so, so you guys can see this, okay? Um, so what I covered yesterday uh, was a very, very detailed analysis of a, a PowerPoint I'm gonna bring up here, so it'll be easier for you, John. Hold on one second, here. So I covered, uh, this is a summary, I said, look, what happened, this is what I covered yesterday, why I was banned for this video. I said, look, in Franklin County, I, one by 10 points, which was all primarily hand counted paper ballots. All these other counties, I'm losing 60-40. And what I taught yesterday was, look, you need to understand what a system is. As a 
uh, systems guy. And I said, look, all systems have an input. Every system has an output. This was a, you know, this was a professorial talk. And I said, an electronic voting system, the input is the number of people coming in to vote, which could be paper ballots, hand ballots, right? Mail-in ballots, that's P. And then I said, the output is a number of V, votes. And then I proceeded to uh, ask, you know, should P equal V? Yes, the number of people voting, a thousand people come to vote, you better have a thousand ballots uh, votes cast. And what I shared was, when I knew that they committed election fraud with me in Massachusetts, I went to a sampling of various towns and I, like here are those, for example, seven towns, and I asked the actual names of the people who voted, okay, which is called P, the participating voters. So for example, in Boston, 142,911 people voted. In Newton, 30,284 people actually voted, okay? Then I looked at the actual ballots cast. Well, in Boston, you have 147,025 people who cast ballots, actual ballots. And in Newton, 32,064. Here's a problem. V is greater than P, okay? For example, in Newton right here, you have 1,780 more ballots cast, okay? Is that right? More ballots than people, all right? And here in Boston, 4,114 more. Bottom line, more votes than voters. So this is what I shared yesterday. And then I proceeded to basically teach people P does not equal V. And I shared that what I discovered in September was in these electronic voting systems, they can actually multiply P, which is the votes coming in, by a weight. It's called a weighted race feature. So if the weight is one, then V equals P, right? P times one. However, let's say the weight is greater than one, then V will be greater than P. If the weight is less than one or zero, then V will be less than P. Bottom line is there's a feature. If you don't believe me, here is page 2-126 of the Diebold voting manual. The actual manual. Now this, the Diebold is important because Diebold is a company which is like sort of the great grandfather of all voting machine software. And this feature is in every voting machine software. It's called the weighted race feature. So look at page 2-126. What does it say? Weighted races, it's a feature. You can turn on the weighted race feature. It's one of the uh, setups of the system. It says the weighted races are tallied by weights assigned from the voter registration may be counted in central vote centers only, okay? So they have a feature. So here I'm winning in the hand counted, but everywhere else I'm losing by 60-40. So as a part of this, I went to the Secretary of State, you can point here, John. I went to the Secretary of State because on the electronic machines, I wanted the ballot images because if, if they don't save the ballot images, they did that because they wanted to hide the fact computer algorithms were on. So I write to the Secretary of State. I said, I want the ballot images. And this is what I shared yesterday. I said, and, and I shared the email that I put up, the tweet, I'm sorry, that I put up in uh, on September 25th, 20, this is 25th, 2020, which is when the Secretary of State contacted Twitter to ban me. This And so uh, this is after I asked for the ballot image and I tweeted out email response from Massachusetts Legal Counsel Toshiba for Senate request for ballot images. And I use the word Michelle Tassinari. She's the election director. She's a public official, director and legal counsels, elections division. And, and Michelle Tassinari wrote to me, I am writing to acknowledge receipt of your request for records. Please note that this office does not maintain voter tabulation software, firmware, or hardware. While the office certifies voting equipment as required by law, we do not purchase or lease equipment. Once equipment is approved by this office, cities and towns can purchase or lease such equipment. Accordingly, this office has no records responsible to your request. 
She goes further, to the extent you request the same information for local election officials, please note the approval of digital scan equipment, this is a point, in Massachusetts specifically prohibits the capturing of ballot images. Listen to what she's saying. She's saying that Massachusetts has a law that you can't capture ballot images. Well, if you can't capture ballot images, you can't count the votes. So I knew this was a lie, so I write back to her, and again, I, this is my second tweet. This is on September 25th at 10.49 p.m. I said, email response from Dr. Shiva Idre, Massachusetts Legal Counsel Tasnari, requests a statute or law that allows Massachusetts to violate federal law. So this said, Michelle, kindly refer me to the statute or law in which the approval of digital scan equipment in Massachusetts specifically prohibits the capturing ballot images, end quote, okay? Then I shared the third tweet, okay? And this is her writing back. It says, email response from Massachusetts Legal Counsel to, to Shiva for Senate confirming ballot images were destroyed. So she writes back, Shiva attached, please find the certification of different types of digital scan equipment. Please note that while the ballot images are not stored, not stored. Okay, it's very interesting. They were generated, not stored is a euphemism for I destroyed them, right? Not stored means what? I created the Word document and I didn't store it? You created it, right? Meaning you deleted it, okay? The actual ballots voted on any federal elections are secured and stored for 22 months. You see how clever she's being. She's saying the paper ballots are, but by federal law, anything created must be stored, okay? However, under state law, those ballots must remain sealed. Ah, this is a federal election. U.S. Senate is a federal election. So I write back to her. This is my fourth tweet of the email that she had sent me back. It said, and, and what I wrote in this, let me bring it up here. I said, uh, I said, Michelle, first, you have not answered my question from the previous email. I repeat, I repeat below, please answer the question kindly, which was, you know, what's the state law that allows you to delete ballot images? Second, neither the people of Massachusetts nor I are stupid. I presume you must be under the incredible pressure from Bill Gavin and Charlie Baker, Secretary of State and Governor, by the way, to deflect the issue so it hope it disappears. However, the fact is the state has illegally destroyed ballots. The electronic equipment used to tally and count the vote must first create an image, the ballot image, in order for the vote to be processed and counted by the machine. When that, when that image is created, the image becomes a ballot, as it is the entity used to count the vote. If no image was created, no vote could exist. You are required by federal law to store, preserve, archive those ballots for 22 months. If those ballot images do not exist, they were destroyed. The destruction is illegal and therefore the election is null and void. Once again, please answer my question. So I wrote this again to Michelle Tassinari. So what I just shared with you was the four tweets I put up in September referring to Tassinari the first time, that's when I was, that's when I was banned by uh, the Secretary of State's action. They contacted Twitter with their hotline. So this is what I did yesterday. I brought out the fact here's USC 20701, which was a federal law. I talked about the fact here's a Massachusetts elections Twitter account. They admitted in testimony that they're the ones who took down my Twitter account. I shared all of this. You can see right here, this is them, the election director saying that I think the goal was generally to ensure that misinformation wasn't being spread. And so whatever actions we could do to make sure that the tweet was labeled as inaccurate, taken out, we were willing to pursue whatever actions. And then after they took it down, the judge asked him, Art, when were you pleased when they deleted the tweet? Then listen to what Tassinari says. I believe I saw that it had been removed. I was, yes, I was relieved. 
Okay, this is what I shared yesterday. Just stuff from the court documents. And the and then I asked, cross-examined, I said, um, you told the judge that the election division is a Twitter partner. Is that correct? She said, yes. My And then and then she answered my understanding that we were able to select certain tweets for reporting, a tweet that may not be available to everyone. <coughs> Excuse me. A rep a reporting a tweet that may not be available to everyone and that they will, that the people who reviewed the tweets of Twitter when complaints are made will try to act quickly. So as a Twitter partner, they get higher priority. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. All right. And then I also shared that I, I said, I asked her, but you do know that the four tweets that I shared with you and interacted with about the ballot images were removed. Is that right? And she admits yes. Okay. <clears throat> and I summarized yesterday that the Secretary of State in NASID worked to conceal ballot image destruction. Number one, they have a trusted partnership with Twitter. They admitted, which is a state, admitted to getting my tweets down using whatever it took. And they did not want the public to know that ballot images are more important than the paper ballots as that's what's used to count. And they violated federal law. Anyway, in the, this is what I shared yesterday. Okay, you can go back there, John. So that's what I shared yesterday. I hope, I hope that's clear to everyone. I shared the fact that the government contacted Twitter and I used the name Tassinari, who's a state election director, okay? Well, the last time I was thrown off was on September 25th when I used that name. So in court, and this is where it gets interesting, what I argued in court, again, by myself, representing myself against three lawyers in a four-hour hearing was I proved to the court that the state, this was back in September 20, uh, on, a, on my October 30th hearing for the September 25th violation when they banned me off Twitter, the, the, there's a very interesting Aesop fable story. And listen very carefully. And, and this comes into law. It's called cat's paw liability. So you're going to learn a little bit of law. So there's a very famous Aesop fable story. And it goes like this. I may not get it perfectly, but this is what it is. There's a monkey. And a monkey sees a chestnut you know, roasting on a barbecue, okay? The monkey being the monkey, he doesn't want to burn his paws picking up that hot chestnut. He wants to eat the chestnut, but he doesn't want to, exp uh, you know, get himself uh, burned. So what he does is he convinces a very, uh, a cat, okay? He convinces a cat to go get the chestnut for him. So the cat puts his paw on the chestnut, gets it and burns his paw, okay? Monkey gets the, the chestnut, okay? So what's interesting here is a monkey made the cat get the chestnut. Monkey makes a cat get the, gets the chestnut. Well, who's to blame? Well, you could argue it's frankly the monkey, right? The monkey's the one who initiated all this. Well, in a series of employment cases, this was shown, uh, they use this fable to associate with cat's paw liability. There were two employees, one employee uh, who didn't like the other employee, Okay, so here's the employee who doesn't like this employee, goes to management, goes to the employer and induces the employer to fire this employee. Okay, the employee sues who? This, the uh, other employee. And I believe they win in court. Okay, and it was called cat's paw liability because the, in this case, employee one, you know, told the cat, the monkey, the employee one is a monkey, convinced the employer, the cat, to go fire them, okay? It's called cat's paw liability. So that's what I argued successfully in court. And I said, look, Twitter was a cat and the Secretary of State was a monkey. The monkey, the Secretary of State, 
convinced Twitter, um, convinced Twitter to take me down. So this wasn't Twitter, you see? This was a state because I was exposing the state violating federal law, ballot images. Our ballot images are being deleted. And they contacted, and the state contacted NASED, National Associate of State Election Directors, who also has a hotline to Twitter. So they took me down in the middle of a federal election, okay? Now, what I've discovered since then is I looked at, I went through, what, all 19,000 of my tweets since 2011, being a mathematician. I found in all those 19,000 some odd tweets, there's only two times I've used the word Tassinari. One was the September 25th, 26th period, and the other was yesterday. That means this, we have to update Caspar liability in the modern world. What is a modern world? Well, imagine the monkey in Aesop's fable, when he went to the cat to tell him to take the chestnut, he also tells, he puts a little chip into that little cat's brain. The monkey puts a chip and he hypnotizes the, the, the cat. Tells him, whenever you see a chestnut with the word tassinari, always take it. So the monkey just sits back. Every time a chestnut called tassinari is there, the cat takes it. You guys follow? Everyone following this? Okay. So in the modern world of computer keyword algorithms, what the state did was they made Twitter associated with my handle, put the keyword Tassinari in, okay? So I would in perpetuity never be able to associate the state election director Tassinari and her four emails, which are the basis of the major lawsuit here. That is what just took place. In the modern world, they can blacklist people with computer algorithms. The state has blacklisted my handle on Twitter so it's called context-based content uh, context, context uh, restriction on speech. It's the most fundamental violation of free speech. Okay, content neutral, content-based, which means they're looking for this content. If I say that, bam, 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 bam. That's what they've done. Not Twitter, the state. And this is what we're living in now. We're living in a world where the government where the government tells big tech, blacklist Dr. Shiva Ayadure, an educator, four degrees from MIT, who's teaching systems. He can't teach a class anymore. He can't teach you how electronic voting systems work. He can't teach you that you're getting effed over by the government who deletes ballot images, which is violation of federal law. What do you need to do? I need everyone. Let me tell you what I need you to do. So I've created a website, uh, a web page. I'm gonna stop here. I'm gonna stop sharing here for a second. Um, I've created a page right now. Everyone should go to called bashiva.com. Go to bashiva.com slash bring back Dr. Shiva, okay? And let's not blame Twitter here, okay? I mean, Twitter has a lot, I'm sure a lot of, bring back Dr. Shiva. Let me, let me go right here. So bring back Dr. Shiva. So just, let me go right here. So go to share screen. I'm gonna to go to, uh, Bring back Dr. Shiva. Hashtag bring back Dr. Shiva. So any of you have Twitter accounts because, you know, this has happened before. We need to expose the fact. And as you can see right here, John, you can bring it over here if you want. I've created the website called 
vashiva.com slash bring back Dr. Shiva, okay, right here. And what you see here is I say right here on February 20th, uh, February 1, 2021, Dr. Shiva was suspended on Twitter. The suspension appears to be from an automatic keyword algorithm that was triggered by the word Tassinari, used by Dr. Shiva in his video lecture. Tassinari is a Massachusetts Secretary of State's election director who had in September 2020 contacted Twitter to delete any tweet that mentioned her name. In the video lecture, which is what I gave on February 1st, Dr. Shiva, and by the way, the video lecture is up here if you want to listen to it, was explaining his federal lawsuits against Tassinari who, who had violated federal law by deleting ballot images, which must be preserved for 22 months, pursuant to 52 USC 20701. The Secretary of State's actions in September 2020, which programmed Twitter's algorithm to watch out for the keyword Tassinari, is what now resulted in Dr. Shiva's suspension this week. We were asking everyone to contact Twitter and ask them to reverse Dr. Shiva's suspension and let them know his video lecture was educating people on his two lawsuits and did not violate any Twitter rules. A, a tweet such as this one below from you would help immensely. So everyone, you can do a tweet like this. I have even made the tweet. Dear at Jack at Twitter, Dr. Shiva did not violate Twitter rules. Your AI made a big mistake. Bring back the hashtag, bring back Dr. Shiva. Dr. Shiva will insert, ensure that the Secretary of State will be punished for their egregious action. So remember, I'm representing myself. We're doing this out of my own resources. So we're gonna escalate this lawsuit. In violation of federal law and the First Amendment, Dr. Shiva is already representing himself in federal court on his lawsuits. Your support and contributions are most welcome. So you're welcome to contribute. Here are Dr. Shiva's two lawsuits in federal court where he has already gotten two important historic victories. And you can go look at the lawsuits right here. The, this one's on the political free speech, which is 11889. And it's got all of it up here. And all of these lawsuits we've done, okay? No lawyer has helped us, okay? We did these on our own without any lawyer's help. Can't trust these lawyers, okay? They don't wanna take on the state. I do, and we've already gotten two victories. Remember the judge granted me the orders um, uh, of the TRO. Um, and the second one is a one person, one vote lawsuit where we have shown that computer algorithms were used where my vote was debased by two thirds. All my voters became two thirds. And that's what I also talked about yesterday. Should I go over that, John, or no? Sure. Okay. So yesterday, for those of you interested, what I also talked about yesterday uh, was, let me go back here. I also talked about the the second lawsuit, let me bring right here, that where I brought up the fact, and I, again, this was educational, okay? But remember, the state contacted Twitter, the state contacted Twitter, the government contacted Twitter, because I was exposing they violated federal law. And by the way, here is a judge's ruling in black and white. On October 30th, he said, Defendant Secretary of the Commonwealth, William Francis Galvin, his agents, employees, and other persons in active concert, okay, shall not report or complain to Twitter concerning any tweets of plaintiff Dr. Shiva Adure. Defendant shall also ask the National Association of State Election Directors not to report or complain to Twitter concerning any tweets by plaintiff. This is, you know, when the election was ending, November 4th, general election. And then he told, told these guys, look, if you disagree with them, you go on Twitter. And he says, if defendant believes that any tweet or communication by plaintiff is false or misleading, he may say so in a tweet or any other manner, okay? Now, remember, they still haven't given me the ballot images, which they deleted, violating federal law. So I proceeded to use all my math skills, my pattern analysis skills that I've spent, you know, since I was a, a student at 14 years old and I was working as a research fellow at the Rutgers Medical School where I learned pattern analysis. 
And I'm going to, this is what I educated yesterday. I said, look, here's a system input output. Every system is a state. A system can be in a normal state. So yesterday, and as I'm doing right now, I educated you guys on what is pattern analysis science and how you could use that to figure out if there was a weighted race feature on. So every system has a normal state. Do I have this on here? Yep. And every system has, uh, could also have a, um, one second. Sorry about this. Every system also has an abnormal state. An example I gave you, here's your cardiovascular system. You go and they hook you up to an EKG. This is a pattern of a normal state of what your heartbeat should look like. It's, it's called a QRST wave. Now, if you have ventricular fibrillation, which is not good, you'll get this sinusoidal wave. So that pattern is bad. This pattern is good. This is what we do in pattern analysis. Now, for me, I've been doing pattern analysis for a long time, but in pattern analysis, you try to figure out the normal state and you try to figure out the abnormal states, okay? So for example, when I was 14 through the age of you know uh, 20, I was working on looking at why babies were dying in their sleep. You had a baby, I'd look at their sleep patterns. And based on certain abnormal sleep patterns, you could detect them and shake the baby so it didn't go into apnea where it stops breathing. I used to look at speech patterns of deaf blind people, not speech patterns, how they move their mouth, their lips to figure out what they were saying. Again, a pattern analysis problem. I, I did a project where we used to send radar waves into bridges. Look at the waves that came back to pattern and analyze those as, okay, is a bridge in normal condition or is it going to fall down? And then I used to look at airplane wings where we send an ultrasonic signal. Look at the patterns of the signals that come back and say, oh my God, this, this um, airplane wing has a big crack in it or it's a normal condition. Um, with my technology Cytosolve, which is, as you guys know, is a very powerful engine where we can literally look at combinations of ingredients and see when you put them into the body and the patterns that come out of biomarkers, are they patterns of health? Or are they patterns of inflammation, cancer? So is it going to help your health or is it going to hurt your health? With email, I built a very large multi hundred million, $250 million company where I created the technology beyond the invention of email and I was 14 to analyze email, where we could analyze emails, just like the normal state, abnormal state, we could figure out emails that were happy customers or emails that were angry customers, refunds. And I did it originally for the White House. All right. So I'm a pattern analysis guy. I've got patents on it. But in pattern analysis, you take features. You figure out what are the features you want to analyze. Then you cluster them into normal and abnormal cases and you learn from it. So that's a process you go through. So with the face, you can figure out certain key lines that could give you different races of people. That's called a feature extraction. Now, when it came here in Massachusetts, I found, I um, formulated an interesting feature. In Suffolk County, which is one of the counties which is predominantly Democrat, we got a very interesting unicorn. On the x-axis here, what you see is numbers of votes that I got all the way from one vote to 67 votes. And what's interesting in this county is there's low number of votes for Republicans. But what we saw was that we had up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. In fact, if you look at the up, down, it was high, low, 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 high, low. Very precise pattern, high, low. What are we looking at? Well, every bar here represents the number of precincts that delivered a certain vote count. So in this first case, you're seeing about 26 precincts where I only got one vote, 10 precincts where I only got two votes. And then then back three, uh, sorry, 20, uh, again, close to 30 precincts where I got um, uh, three votes, okay? And then again, back down to 10 pre, uh, sorry, uh, yes, uh, 10 precincts where I got four votes. But what's important to understand is the pattern is 
statistically improbable, and I'll explain why. Because you have high, low, high, low, but more importantly, it's odd, even, odd, even. And the highs to the lows are two, about two to one, okay? And the highs are always odds, which means you're getting double the number of odd numbers to even numbers, okay? Well, if you roll a dice, it should be 50-50. Here we're getting double, two to one, okay? And it shouldn't be like that. So I ran simulations of 100,000 possibilities, many, meaning we ran many iterations of just simply the high-low pattern. What do you see here? This can only occur one in 621 times, okay, which is 0.16%. But then we layered in the fact, not only was it high-low, but the highs were two to one, okay? And what do you see here? This can only occur one in 100,000 times. And the only way that pattern can come when we, the pattern of one, one, two, three, three, four, five, five, six, right, double odds, is if my votes were multiplied by two thirds, 0.666 to be exact, okay? And the other guy's votes were multiplied by 1.2. So I redid the elections in Suffolk County, and guess what? I win 52 to 43. It's not his 57, my 30, and I did this on every election in every county. And what you see is in every place I win, Worcester County, I win by 52% to 30, uh, to his 45, very similar. So the bottom line here is, you can take it back again, John, is that yesterday I shared this video lecture, which is all in testimony. It's all in the court documents. But I mentioned Tassinari, the state election director, who's the one who deleted those ballot images violating federal law. And what do we have now? I'm banned from Twitter for doing an educational seminar, for sharing the truth, for protecting uh, fighting what the Department of Justice should be doing. By the way, they know about this and they haven't done anything. In Massachusetts, we're fighting the real election fraud, the real crime scene. The Republican National Party, I'm sorry, even the Trump committee, they're making 300 million. They don't want to win election fraud. They don't want to focus on the real issue. Both parties in the United States, both parties have been using computer algorithms. We have selections in America not elections. We have selections in America, not elections. The only way out of this, as I talked about yesterday, is we must go to, you know, the concept of a voter, you know, registration card. We must have hand counted paper ballots. It must be done open and transparent and the ballots must be counted in the precincts on that day. That's the only way out of this. We, you know, some technologies, you know, just because we think technology is always about being sophisticated and futuristic. No, paper, hand counted, transparently at the precinct reported on the day, local, local, local. That's how we win. That's what I shared. All right. But I need all of you to get off your butts right now and fight for yourself. That's what we need. We need people to go bottoms up. Forget the Republican Party, forget the Democrat Party. And as a part of that, I want to uh, play you. Uh, if you go, by the way, uh, you know, every Monday evenings from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., I teach a course called Foundations of Systems. That's what I was doing on Monday evening. I taught my course before that. I taught this earlier course. But nothing is going to change in this world if you're going to follow MAGA Party, Trump Party, Patriot Party, Republican Party, Libertarian Party, Green Party, nothing's going to change because the entire infrastructure of this country is poisoned. We don't have elections. We have selections. As long as the features in those voting systems 
allow for the weighted race feature, which are certified by state election directors who delete ballot images. We don't have democracy. We really need to get our head out of our asses, guys. And how do we do that? Here's a call to action. You must get educated or you will be enslaved. You cannot build a bridge without understanding Newton's principles. You cannot build an airplane without understanding Bernoulli's principles. You cannot build a transformer without understanding Maxwell's equations. Do you think you're gonna be able to build a movement with simply holding up Republican or Democrat and being in what, no, it's all bullshit, guys. So maybe all of this, yeah, I invented email. Yes, I've invented many things. Yes, I've gotten four degrees. Well, maybe my job as an educator is to bring that education. That's what I've done. And it's time you guys get educated or you will be enslaved even worse. And so as a part of that, all of you have the opportunity to go to vashiva.com. And what I'm doing is as a technologist, as an educator, as a scientist, I am building a platform, a communications platform for those people who want to get trained and become leaders in their communities. I'm creating the curriculum. The curriculum is created. It's called the Truth, Freedom, Health Warrior Curriculum. You can learn it and we have the tools and everything. So I'm going to take you right now to, John, you want to bring it over here? I'm going to take you right now to vashiva.com slash join. Go right here and, uh, and I'm going to play for you the video. So you can say join Truth, Freedom and Health. And I think you're going to enjoy this video because it pretty much lays it on the line what we have to do. We have allowed. One second, John. Let me um, make this big and I'll bring it up for everyone to see. I think you guys can see it at home on Twitter. Okay, there. So I'm gonna bring this up for everyone to see. John, can you see it here? So let me start it here. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you. Deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. We got to train people. First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up working people, people who work united. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. 
every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people. They have to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own, quote unquote, people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com. And it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people. Two years of MIT control systems, I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms-up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on V as in Victor, A. Shiva, vashiva.com, so people can sign in. They can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VA Shiva, Victory America Shiva, VAShiva.com. So I that's what I shared, everyone. That's what I went over yesterday. But the only way that we're gonna win this, win this is if you get educated and if you start taking action. So the simple action we can do right now, because what has happened right now, we have two lawsuits in federal court. All of Trump's lawsuits were thrown out because he had really, really suck ass lawyers who weren't interested in winning. They were interested in being in front of the TV, right, John? Right. They're interested in making money. Giuliani was paying paid $100,000 a week, okay? They're actors. Working people, we don't have time to act. These people, that is their profession. I voted for Trump. I supported him, gave him money, but I've been, frankly, very disappointed. He never went after Hillary, did he? 
Did he, John? Did he do anything after Hillary? Literally, Nothing. Literally the day after the election. It's like, oh, we're just going to like forget that. Forget shit. that, right? So this was a setup, guys. And the takeaway is no one is going to fight for us but us. And that means you're going to have to begin. Like, we have to go back to grade school. What are the physics? And I have the physics. How do we come together? We've created the platform to do that. And by the way, when you join, when you go to join, we've set up all the infrastructure. Let me share this with you. Just to be clear, to let you know, and every day we work on this, okay, with, with a lot of your support. So when I, when I go here, we go back to here, uh, when I share the screen here, you'll see that on the website, if you go to bashiva.com, what we've done here is you can um, uh, decide whatever level of uh, education you want to get. But for anyone who logs in, okay, into the system, as I'm showing you right here, uh, I have my login here. Um, we started putting together uh, tools, okay? Tools that you can use on the ground. Tools that you can use to educate yourselves. So this is what I'm showing you. There's a dashboard when you log in. We have a forum here that you can use to start communicating with other people in your local, uh, local, you know, th things beyond WhatsApp, beyond all these other things. It's in our data center protected, okay? So you can go here. We have all different kinds of topics you can start. We just launched this. All right. So you should take advantage of this. We also have tools that you can continue to get educated. You can continue um, every Mondays, as I said, we give a course, right, which is a physics of this. You can learn the foundations of systems here. You can learn about how your body is a system. You can get access to the System and Revolution ebook. So it's educational because without education, there will be no movement. It's not going to happen. And you got to stop following billionaires. And this, for example, this Tomorrow, I have a seminar on masks and risks to your child. We're going to bring together the latest science we've done on masks and risks. But the other thing we do is we don't just want this to be theoretical. Look at this card that we've created. If you can see this right here, let me just bring this back up. Those of you watching on this, here's a card that we've created that you can print out at your home. It's called Masks um, and Oral Health, Building Awareness of the Risks of Masks to You and Your Child. There's a card and I'll show you. And the back of the card gives the science and public health implications. You can give it to your local Starbucks person who in employees or uh, you go you go to a store. OK, so here's the front of the mask. I mean, sorry, front of the card. It's got that. OK, it's got Dr. Shiva. It's got the link to a whole bunch of videos just on masks and you can take action. Then the other part of the back of the card has a whole set of stuff you can educate others. We have to educate people. We got to stop yelling at people. We're not going to convince 30% of the people. I'll tell you that right now. But there's another 50%. They need education. So look at what this card does. You can give this to someone. Print them for a couple of pennies at your local print, printer store. Download it. Use it. It says the oral microbiome is critical to health, which is a mouth bacteria. Child, A child's oral microbiome is a predictor of their entire future of health. Systems biology, which is a field I'm an expert in, reveals mass disrupt oral microbiome. Dentists are reporting increase in, in oral health issues. These are just scientific facts. And here are the public health implications you can tell people. You know, we need risk assessment of masks. We need, if an employer is going to force you to wear a mask, well, maybe he should give you better dental coverage. And third, if you have to take your kid out and you have to make him uh, study at home, well, maybe they should give you a tax credit on your property taxes. And we need to invest in research. But this little card, you can take it back, John. This little card, you can print in your home or in your printer, and you can use it to motivate people. That's what we need to build. 
And that's what I was doing on February 1st, educating you on what occurred in Massachusetts, updating our lawsuits, and bam, what's happened is the cat, remember I talked about the cat's paw liability? Twitter has been, was hypnotized by the Secretary of State's action. Anytime they see Tassinari, the state election director masters delete Shiva, ban Shiva, ban Shiva, ban Shiva. We have a modern blacklist. That's what we have. To an educator like myself, if they, if they can do this to me, they're going to do this to everyone. This is why we cannot trust politicians. We cannot trust anyone but ourselves. And we have to build a bottoms up movement. John, is there any questions on there? So let mm -hmm. me see what people are saying. Um, any questions? You know, some people were saying you, you should sue Twitter, but so so I guess the question is, why are you suing the Secretary of State and not Twitter? Well, the, the issue is, what we need to understand, the, the, the issue here is that Twitter is a private company, okay? And the more important thing is the government and private companies are working together. This is a real issue, guys. Private companies, it's almost like nonprofits who create their way to shield themselves from ever paying taxes, okay? The private companies do the bidding of the state. This is what happens in China. Do you follow what I'm saying? The government can use private companies to do their bidding and say, oh, we have nothing to do with it. Well, bam, in this case, we caught the government using the instruments of private companies to attack a citizen. And typically, if the private company does that too, they can say, hey, we have Section 230 protection, okay? But that's not the issue here. So get this, we have a much more powerful case here. The government did this. You guys understand? The people get it? The government did this, okay? The government did this. All right? The government did this, and that's what we need to get. The government did this. The government forced Twitter, made Twitter knock me out because I was exposing their violation of federal law. That's what took place. And that's the big lesson you need to learn. So put it out there. Contact Twitter. You know, let them know that bring back Dr. Shiva. Let's create a groundswell. This is an opportunity to be, do some activism. That's what we need. Anyway, is there anything else, John? If there isn't anything else, I hope this was valuable. Yeah people, uh, yeah, people are wondering where else they can find you. We've expanded on like a bunch of different all-tech platforms. Yeah, we're on, by the way, people can go to vashiva.com. We have our own platform, okay, that we're building. We're going to be offering our own email, own uh, version of Facebook, but for people who want to get educated, okay, our own community, number one. Number two, I'm on all the other platforms, okay, but bottoms up, the future is offline. We use online to the extent, but the future is neighbor to neighbor, organizing people, talking to people. A little card like this can go a long way. We created the card. We weaponized it. Use it. All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a good night.